0: disaster of biblical proportion what do you mean biblical wow. what he means is old testament mr yes. mayor real wrath of god type stuff exactly. fire and brimstone coming down from the skies rivers and seas boiling 40 years of darkness earthquakes volcanoes the dead rising from the grave human sacrifice dogs and cats living together mass hysteria enough yes. i get the point
1: Welcome, everyone, to the CFF Commissioners Corner podcast, part of the Sports Pros Network, where we're always talking sports. So let's start the conversation. I'm your host, Keith Needham, and I'm joined in studio today, as always, by my co host and CFF expert, Jeremy Butterball Van Kiern. Butterball, good morning, sir.
0: Good morning, man. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. I'm doing well, man. So a little bit of a change-up here on, on our listeners. So uh, uh, Butter had some uh, uh, duties last night. He had to help some buddies move, and so we're recording this on a Thursday morning as opposed to our normal Wednesday night schedule. But uh, we've got our coffee. We're all uh, all jazzed up, uh, looking forward to uh, getting going. And Butter's really jazzed up.
0: Yeah! Coming I
1: yeah! yeah bringing the energy this morning ladies and gentlemen so well before we get into a uh, a chaotic uh, chaos cats and dogs living together type of week uh, from college football uh, we got to show some love to our primary sponsor butter and that's chalk sports bar chalk is oklahoma city's premier luxury sports bar located in chisholm creek plaza at 1324 west memorial road follow ben chad and the whole chalk team on the web at chalkokc.com or follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Chalk OKC. It's the best damn sports bar in Oklahoma, and there's no better place to have a conversation about college football and watch the games on the dozens of big screens at Chalk. Always the favorite that's Chalk Luxury Sports Bar.
0: The best damn sports bar,
1: period. Yeah, and I will be at Chalk Saturday morning uh, with uh, my good friends Jonathan Teal, and I think Chad's going to be there, and and Ben's got us the hookup on a table uh, to watch a little game called the Red River Rivalry on Saturday, Butter, you ever heard of that one? I have. Okay, we'll we'll talk about that one a little bit more uh, as we get into the pod, but... News recaps, Butter. we we got to get into, again, chaos continues to reign in college football. Upsets galore this past weekend as well. Obviously, our Sooners fell uh, short yet again, but so did Texas, so did Central Florida, and so did Mississippi State. Uh, Hurricanes and all kinds of other crazy stuff going on this week that are affecting and rescheduling games, and we'll talk about that here in a moment. But your takeaways from a crazy week five, a week two from CFF perspective, Butter.
0: I mean, I thought the games that uh, you just mentioned, the Texas, UCF, uh, Mississippi State, the OU game. I mean, those games were all one possession games. I mean, they were, they all kind of came down to the wire. I mean, um, just some exciting football. I mean, you know, I mean, I know the outcome of the OU game wasn't what we all wanted, but that's why you play the game. And hopefully we'll start figuring out how to win one possession games because it's kind of killing us right now. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, a, a defense that can't seem to get off the field in crucial moments, and then a, a freshman quarterback that uh, that makes freshman mistakes at crit- critical moments. But we're going to talk about that one a lot here in a moment. But yeah, I mean, just when we thought that Mike Leach and the Air Raid offense was going to take over the SEC, uh, they come uh, crashing back down to in, um, in Mike Leach Mike Leach fashion. Uh, they drop a, a steamer in the middle of the field at home against Arkansas, Arkansas's first SEC win since 2017. Butter. So what? And Arkansas holds them to fourteen points. I mean, they, LSU couldn't stop them last week, and and definitely has a more talented defense and better players on defense. Uh, what, what? How was Arkansas able to kind of bottle up that uh, air raid offense this weekend, Butter?
0: The head coach for Arkansas. I mean, he said it in his, uh, in his in his press conference after the game. I mean, he just said, you know, I mean, they um, they prepared well, and um, you know, I mean, they stuck together. And was able to beat a, a very, very tough Mississippi State team. You know, I mean, Arkansas is one of those teams right now. I mean, nobody really gives them a chance just because they've been so bad the last two or three years. But, you know, I mean, they've had some uh, good transfers. They got Filippi Franks in Florida. That definitely makes um, makes the offense look a lot different. And what kind of what he said is just trusting one another and believe believing in one another to to put everything together and come out with a good win.
1: Yeah, I think, I think they definitely went back and watched some of those Apple Cups from the last few years uh, where Washington's defense had been relatively, I mean, really successful, I guess, uh, on a comparative basis. Uh, against Washington State in that air raid offense, to where maybe you just rush three and drop back eight and, and, and really kind of force them to dink and dunk their way all the way down the field in hopes that uh, they'll make a mistake or you'll get a you know a stop at some point. Um, and, and it it was effective, man. So again, uh, Costello he throws the ball sixty times uh, again uh, in this game, you know, similar to what he did against uh, LSU, but had about half the yards uh, in in about one fourth of the touchdowns, I think. And so uh, kudos to them, uh, well done, Hogs. Again, first SEC win. In three years and so they that fan base was definitely due um before we get into OU and Texas in particular butter and the trouble that they had this past weekend let's talk about a couple of teams that 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 held service right the Chalka won out on those and that being uh, uh Alabama uh, they rolled Texas a and a game that you and I were wrong on I, I yeah. think you had A&M you really liked AM to maybe even win this game I had A&M to cover the spread um and man Alabama looked good <laughs> they, they, they looked they, really good they
0: really did <laughs> You know, I mean, I thought that it was going to be a lot closer than what it actually was. And, you know, I mean, Texas A&M, I mean, they actually moved the ball. They just couldn't get that many points. I mean, like, whenever whenever they got in the red zone or got inside the the 20 or 30-yard line, I mean, Bama either uh, held them to no points or just held them to a field goal. So, I mean, props to the, the Bama defense. I mean, Bama just looks really, really good in all phases of the game, all all over the field. I mean with their defense. They've got another great set of wide receivers. Running running game looks good. Their defense, they fly to the ball. I mean, they look like a really, really solid team. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and, and the one thing that they've, they've always, I guess, teams playing against them in the SEC would would rather not have is, is to have a highly motivated Alabama team, and, and I think that they're highly motivated this year, right? Missing out on the playoff uh, last year, I think, uh, uh, sticks with them, uh, and they're really on a tear, and uh, we'll, we'll see if that continues throughout the uh, SEC schedule. Uh, staying in the SEC, another big game, I guess really the first top ten matchup um, that we've had in this early part of the season since the SEC began play uh, was that of Georgia hosting Auburn. Um, and, man, an impressive performance by Georgia. They jump out on them early. You know, they're up 24-3 before you can even, you know, blink an eye uh, and really just kind of held on in the second half. That that Georgia defense kind of just strangled um, Auburn. And you can't give that Georgia defense a lead, Butter. So, I mean, I think that they're really, really good, arguably the best defense in the country. But, you know, kind of a surprising result from my perspective. Again, not that Georgia won the game, but the fact – how they won it and how dominating they were and really just smothered off uh, Auburn's offense they had no chance uh, after the uh, after the first quarter it felt like but uh, your thoughts on that big SEC game
0: I was very very shocked with the score you know I mean I figured it would be a lot closer than than what it actually was and I mean 27 to 6 I mean it was probably actually further apart than that because cuz Georgia uh dominated that game I mean I really liked Auburn I really thought that they had a had a strong chance to win the ball game. But, uh, you know, I mean, uh, Georgia was able to run the ball. I mean, <clears throat> props to uh, to Stetson Bennett. You know, I mean, that guy wasn't even supposed to be the starter this year. And, yep. I mean, he's they, actually looked, looked really good um, against Auburn. You know, I mean uh,
1: – Yeah, they've announced that he's going to start again this weekend against Tennessee, which we'll talk about that game. So, he he's the guy right now.
0: And, I mean, you know, I mean, Georgia with their, with their running game, I mean – SEC running games, I mean, kind of three yards in a cloud, cloud of dust and pound the ball, you know, so.
1: Yeah, it, it was an impressive performance. You know, that was big boy football at its finest. And, and that's what we anticipated in that game. But uh, Georgia Georgia was the bigger boy, <laughs> I guess, in that regard. But um, you're talking about one more upset, Butter, before we get on to, uh, to the Big 12. Um, that being uh, arguably is it our, the second-best team in Oklahoma maybe beat – what was considered or what self-proclaimed best team in Florida on Saturday night. But uh, the Tulsa Golden Hurricane uh, goes down to the bounce house butter and uh, upsets uh, Central Florida 34-26 and really did it in comeback fashion. I mean, you know, UCF jumped out all over them. Uh, They were up like 23-2. I think it was a weird score because Tulsa got a safety early on in the first quarter, Uh, but they just couldn't do anything in the second half. And Tulsa made adjustments and kudos to them. And Tulsa arguably should be 2-0 and right now. They yes, they, they yes. probably should have beat Oklahoma State a couple of weeks ago um, and had every chance to win that game in Stillwater. But um, is this a – Central Florida's not quite as good as we thought, or is Tulsa perhaps a little bit better? Because Oklahoma State, I mean, they've looked good since that game uh, now that they've got Ellingsworth, at quarterback, and um, you know talks that Spencer, Spencer Sanders may be back uh, in the next game for Oklahoma State there. But uh, uh, kind of a surprising result here, man.
0: I think it's a combination of both. I mean, I think Tulsa – is going to have a, a dang good football team. I mean, they've played two top ten teams, and they've played them. Beat one of them should have probably beat the other one. Um, and then UCF. I mean, you know, I mean, they're really really high powered. Uh, but Tulsa was able to kind of, like you said, they got them, got them down. They got Tulsa down early, but Tulsa was able to fight and claw their way back into it. I mean, maybe just UCF is is a little bit down this year. You know, I mean, um, which it's been kind of a strange year already you know i mean you know like as you're watching the football games and you're watching like uh whenever people score and like uh, obviously we can't watch every single one of the games but whenever they have some of the scores come across the 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 bottom of the screen you know you're seeing the scores like seven to five seven to two ten <laughs> ten to six you know i mean just uh and you're like man how did they get five points well they must have got a, a a safety and they must have got a field goal so i mean it's like some weird baseball scores.
1: Yeah, I think the Major League Baseball playoffs that are ongoing right now might be influencing uh, college football a little bit. Kind of a weird uh, weird score lines. Yeah, you, you certainly mentioned that. More more safeties and more weird combos. And speaking of weird combos, a game I, I've got up here on the screen, but uh, uh, North Carolina and Boston College, 26-22. to 22, uh, BC scores a touchdown in the fourth quarter, and they're going for two to tie this thing up. It's 24-22. And, and North Carolina picks it off and takes it back for two. And so you end up getting a 26-22 score line in that one, North Carolina line of survives well, but yeah
0: you bring that up I mean there's been like some weird plays like that happening you know I mean yeah. uh and special teams you know I mean one of the things that uh that I've noticed I mean in college and in pro this year is maybe we're not uh practicing special teams as much because some of the players don't seem to know like what the rules are when the ball is kicked <laughs> like uh whether you're you have to recover it or whether they can touch it. So, I mean, like there's – and it's been in college and in the the NFL. I mean, so many live balls, uh, blocked field goals that have been touched or, you know, it's been – it's just been a weird year. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. So, that that attention to detail, I think, that uh, you often get in these extended or normal fall camps, I guess – uh, going mm-hmm. into it. Uh, we just we just haven't seen it yet, and so uh, I think mistakes will continue. Chaos will continue to reign uh, throughout 2020. Uh, I think we've seen enough to know that's going to be the case now. But, well, Butter, let, let's get into, I guess, before we preview the Red River rivalry on Saturday, let's talk about the results from this past weekend. You want to start with Oklahoma or you want to start with Texas? Both of them were disappointing.
0: Let's. I'll let you start with Oklahoma. <laughs>
1: okay, fair enough. So, uh, set the scene Saturday night in Ames, Iowa, Iowa State had not beaten OU at home in since 1960. Was, yeah, since 1960, um, OU had not lost back-to-back conference games since 1999. Um, and and it all it all fell apart again on the Sooners in the fourth quarter. Again, they 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 finally get a turnover, butter. Yeah, uh... Uh, they, they get the strip sack. Uh, they go in and score. They're up thirty to twenty three in the fourth quarter. Um, and then Iowa State just would not go away. The ensuing kickoff, they get a big kickoff return. Brees Hall punches it in um, and and uh, ties the game back up. Um, and, and then you know Brock Purdy leads them down the field. They they get the uh, go ahead touchdown. 37 37-30. Uh, OU has a chance. Right. They have the ball uh, with with plenty of time to move down the field. And in that, you know, controversial play there at the end, uh, Spencer Rattler, you know, throws it into double coverage. It was an ill advised throw, an interception in the end zone. Um, and Lincoln Riley was apoplectic on the sidelines, yes. wanting a you know, defensive holding or a pass interference oh, Carrebo, call. I believe, yeah, yeah. And, and I think the defender did, you know, grab the jersey a little bit there, but it was still a bad throw. He was throwing it into double coverage regardless, and I don't know you know, if it makes a difference in the end. Uh, Iowa State kind of seemed to be on a mission. That, that game had that feel about it, right? They had been pointing to it and talking about how this would be a program builder. Kudos to Matt Campbell. I think he's a hell of a coach. And, again, oh, yes. I think Iowa State is going to have a challenge on their hands to keep him there uh, for an extended period of time because he's one of those guys whose name just continuously pops up whenever whenever a big job comes open. Again, it, it was a similar game script, it felt like, to K-State. Now, OU didn't get out to quite as big of a lead, but they, they played well through three and a half quarters, three quarters. And then the defense disappears in the fourth quarter. The offense makes a couple silly mistakes, um, and, uh, and it all all culminates in a, in a loss. And so 0-2 in the Big 12 uh, for the first time in a really long time. But uh, what, what's wrong with OU, Butter? Can you point to one thing here, and, and how do they get it fixed before the Cotton Bowl on Saturday?
0: Well, I mean, there's a number of things wrong with us right now. I mean, you look at, uh, like, who we lost. I mean, we lost, obviously, our number one, number two rusher from last year. I mean, with uh, people – Brooks Brooks Bro- out. Brooks opting mm-hmm. out. Uh, Jalen Hurts moving on to the NFL. Our leading uh, receiver from last year, CD Lamb. And we're, we're just really young, I mean, um, on kind of all sides of the ball. You know, I mean – Maybe we do have some sophomores and juniors, but there's some of those guys that really haven't had a lot of game time. And it's really showing. I mean, um, Spencer Radler, you know, I mean, he's – right now he's playing like a freshman. Not to say that he played a ter- – I'm not saying he played a terrible game against Iowa State. I mean, he put us in the position where we could win, and, you know, it was a one-possession game. But, you know, I mean, there's still – we're still too much stuff that's going on. I mean, we've got to – Cut down on our penalties. I mean, like I think we've got the last two games, twenty one or twenty two penalties. Um, the last two games, and I mean, you can't have that. I mean, like they were saying, you know. I mean, if you if you play a good game, five penalties. You know. What I mean, but we're it seems like every time that we turn around, I mean, we're getting a holding penalty or a, a pass interference penalty, and I mean, that stuff that makes a difference in games. You know. I mean that. That stuff that keeps drives alive, you know. I mean, uh, the last few years, I mean, we've we've talked about, you know. I mean, it's been really hard for us to get off the field on a on a third and long situation. Well, we've kind of got better at that, but we're shooting ourselves in the foot on on different uh, on different downs, you know. So I, I can't really say that just one thing that that's wrong with OU, but I mean, it's a mixture of things. I mean, like I said, it, it's it's we're young. We really can't run the ball. Too many penalties. Uh, we don't really cover good. We're still not tackling well, which I cannot figure that out. I mean, I've never seen so many, so many people that that arm tackle. And I mean, you can't do that to a good runner. It seem, I mean? seems
1: to be a preferred uh, practice technique in the Big 12. And, <laughs> so
0: and, you know, it's, I mean, it's, I love OU football. I mean, but it, it is kind of frustrating to watch sometimes. At least we're. Um, given our, our we're, we're giving our, our, ourselves a chance to win the ball game, but we're just going to have to figure out how to win one possession games because it looks like that's what we're going to deal with all year long. And it's not just OU; it's you look at the other teams in the Big Twelve. I mean, it's all one possession games.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think I think you're right. I mean, I think there's more parity in the league this year. Uh, than, than we've seen in past years to where OU and Texas was just clearly better than everyone else. And then it was a question as to uh, which one of those two teams are going to come out, which over, obviously the last five years it's been OU. But, you know, talking about the defense again, Butter, you know, they had a couple of dropped interceptions as well. You yes. know, Brock, Brock Purdy was, you know, he, he played well enough to win the game and he made big plays whenever it mattered, but he was throwing jump balls up to to Charlie Kohler and the uh, the other I, the other tight end's name escapes me now, the long-haired kid, mm-hmm. um, who, who had a couple of big catches. But there was a couple ill advised throws from from Brock Purdy's standpoint that you know hit either Pat Fields or, or one of the other DBs right in the hands, and, and they just they couldn't come down with the ball. And so you know Oklahoma, you know they do get that one strip sack and uh, in the fourth quarter to take the lead, but arguably could have had three or four turnovers again if we can just have a DB hold on to the ball. Which is something that plagued them last year. Again, they had so few turnovers, and it was a point of infamous point of emphasis, I should say, uh, going into last season. They they failed on that point, and then has been a huge point of emphasis this year. And they still just can't find find a way to create turnovers on a consistent basis. And again, with an offense as good as OU has, that that's really all you need to do, right? Is just give them a couple extra possessions, break that serve, you know, kind of from a tennis standpoint, and uh, you know, you usually won't relinquish it. Um, and and OU just hasn't been able to do that, and so um, yeah. But I mean, frustrating, I think, is a is a key word uh, yeah. that that you mentioned, Butter.
0: Well, uh, you bring back the 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 point about our defensive backs not being able to to get an interception. You know, I mean, like one of the things that they were saying and that they showed like on on the game, like uh, their wide receivers averaged, at, their wide receivers and tight ends averaged, I think six four or six five, where our defensive backs averaged uh, like five, five ten in height. You know. You can't uh, win a lot of jump balls. I mean, with with small defensive backs, you know. I mean,
1: I saw that it, stat too, and you have to take that with a grain of salt because uh, Radley Hiles is like five foot two, and so yeah. he brings the average down <laughs> quite a bit on that front. And and yeah, bless his heart. I mean, I know that kid was highly recruited uh, out of California, I believe, but you know, playing in that nickelback slot, I mean, they they were they were targeting him yes, right and targeting him in the sense like they were picking on him. Uh, throwing up jump balls, getting him matched up on Kohler or the other tight end. And, um, yeah, he's going to – that's just going to be something that – you know he is what he is, right? It's not like he's going to grow six inches. Uh, and and I think that
0: kid's got a lot of heart, though. He does. Know? He
1: <laughs> plays really hard. You can't question that. I think he 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 has lapses from a mental standpoint from time to time because he's been known to to throw a cheap shot or a targeting. You know, think back to the uh, the yeah, playoff LSU. game against LSU, yeah, yeah. and you know <laughs> we were already decimated from a depth standpoint there. And then he gets thrown out early in the second quarter, I think, and uh, it was a uh, it was all over with. Now he, he wouldn't have made that much of a difference in the game. LSU was going to win that regardless. But um, yeah, so, some mental lapses from time to time but uh, yeah I, th- I don't think you can question his heart and I think he does play hard but um, he's got some physical limitations on that front and uh, uh, yeah that, that was something that uh, you could tell Iowa State had pinpointed in film uh, and they uh, they were certainly going after him uh, Saturday night names but uh, um, you know talking about some frustrating uh, performances you know our friends uh, south of the Red River, uh, down in Austin, they have to be pretty frustrated right now as well, Butterball. So TCU gets them again. You know, I think TCU has won seven out of the last nine games against uh, Texas since they joined the Big Twelve, which is just a that, that's a shocking stat to me. Uh, whenever you kind of rewind and unpack that. Uh, But, you know, you and I talked about it, you know, on the pod last week saying like, hey, look, you know, Texas may win this game. It's going to be one possession, but I like TCU to keep it close and cover. And and that's exactly how it played out. Texas gets the big play in the fourth quarter. They go all the way down the field. Keontae Ingram, um, a big long gain. Gets it to like the three yard line. They turn around and give it to Ingram again. He tries to stretch out. We've seen this so many times in in college and NFL over the last few years. Butter trying to get that touchdown, trying to make a play. TCU pops the ball out, recovers it, and essentially runs the clock out after that, and uh, you know takes a safety and uh, to kind of ensure that the clock runs out. But TCU wins at 31 in Austin, leading for. Again, two mediocre teams, I think. Now is going to square off in the Cotton Bowl Saturday. But your your thoughts and recap on this TCU Texas game.
0: You know, I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a Gary Patterson fan. You know, I mean, uh, he gets the most out of his players. You know, I mean, regardless whether they're three star, four star, or five star, which I mean, TCU is probably a really hard place to recruit. You know, what I mean, a lot of five star athletes. But you know, I mean, he gets the most out of his players. You know, I mean, I think I,
1: Zach Evans is the first five star they've gotten under Gary yes. Patterson, running back who played a little bit Saturday against and, Texas. You
0: yeah. know, what I mean. I, and get props to Max uh, Dugan. I mean, he yeah, that he, kid looked legit. He looked yeah. look really legit. I mean, uh, they put the ball in his hands. I mean, he like they needed a score, and I mean, he r- runs it for forty or uh, forty-five yards untouched. Erlinger's stats. I mean, he had four touchdowns, but uh, he had a lot of drop balls and just a lot of bad passes. I mean, he did not really look sound at all. You know, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm hoping that possibly that. Kind of lingers into this. It carries week. over <laughs> one more week. Yeah.
1: Figure it out after this weekend, right? Yeah.
0: But, you know, I mean, uh, talking about their defenses, I mean, our def- OU's defense and Texas's defense, neither one really look all that great. I expect a, a high-scoring game uh, in the Cotton Bowl. Um, and just hopefully we come out on top.
1: Yeah, uh, you, you mentioned Ellinger and, and, and his relatively inaccurate game. You know, he finished uh, less than 50% completion, mm-hmm. you know, 17 out of 36, and, uh, you know, four four touchdowns, so, you know, kind of made up for it on that front. And and we talked about it last week as the, you know, he kind of has this feel that he's going to will this team to victory. And, uh, you know, I had some other Texas friends and, and Texas fans, they said, hey, look, you know, TCU deserved it. They, they just can't expect Ellinger to do everything. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I think, maybe Texas fans have been spoiled to a certain degree. It is like, well, he's so often he, he has been able to pull a rabbit out of the hat. And again, probably has masked some of the deficiencies across that team uh, over the last couple of years. And so, you know, to his credit, I mean, you know, he led them all the way down the field with a chance to, to score a touchdown and win that game in the fourth quarter. And, uh, you know, unfortunate that uh, for Texas that, that Ingram uh, fumbles it there on the goal line. You, I'm sure that kid you know, has felt awful all week long, so he just can't wait to get back out on the field and um, get that bad taste out of his mouth. And, uh, uh, but a tough, tough way for him to, to lose. But, again, kudos to Gary Patterson. He's got their number. I don't know. Yeah. I can't sit here. I, w- I watched pretty much every second of that game uh, Saturday, the early game, 8, 11 a.m. kickoff here, Central Time. And I don't know what exactly they're doing. I don't know if he's mixing up coverages. You know, TCU plays one of those weird four-two-five, you know, kind of defenses and stuff where they have an extra there was uh, a kind of a, a
0: lot of pressure on him.
1: Yeah, yeah, and game. they were they were getting to him right, and not and not really having to blitz either. I think they were getting to him with, uh, with kind of just rushing four and being able to drop uh, a lot of guys back in coverage. But you know, he he is a defensive guru, so it shouldn't shock us um, to to a certain degree. But whatever he's doing, uh, Texas has not been able to crack the code because again. Uh, they've just had Texas's number ever since they joined. And I'm sure there's a little bit of a big brother, little brother, you know, type of a scenario there to say, Hey, you know, th- thinking back to the old Southwest conference days and there's one team that we're going to get up for and, uh, and, and try to get after it's going to be UT, but, uh, um, yeah, kudos, kudos to them. But again, uh, you know, Duggan, you, 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 you mentioned it and that kid looked legit, you know, I'm so, so happy for college football, um, that he's back, he's healthy. He's been cleared because, uh, he, he is a special player, I think. And again, still so young, right. So I think he's just a sophomore. So it'll be interesting to, uh, to watch his career develop uh, over the next two years, uh, And see what he can get to, what level he can get to. Because he he sure looks like a hell of a football player. Any other games, anything else stand out from week five, Butter, before we kind of move on and start looking to some news from this week and then making picks and projections for, uh, for week six?
0: This kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier. You know, I mean, maybe the best team in the state right now is Tulsa. The state of Oklahoma. You got to give
1: Oklahoma State some dap, right? And they yeah. beat up on Kansas. I don't think anybody expected anything less. But Kansas is awful. But uh, kudos to Oklahoma State for taking care of business.
0: But possibly this year, the best team in Texas could be SMU.
1: Hey yeah, big big win for the ponies uh, on Saturday against Memphis, and you you and I called it right. So we we liked SMU in this one. We liked it to be a shootout. There wasn't quite as many points as uh, as maybe what we anticipated, but the game script went exactly as we said. We said, hey, look SMU, don't be shocked if they jump out to a big lead early here. Uh, as Memphis is going to shake off the rust because Memphis hadn't played in three, week, three weeks due to COVID issues. And sure enough, SMU jumps out all over them 17-3. I think it was 24-3 at one point early in the second quarter. And then Memphis slowly starts to chip away and come all the way back and tie this game up 27 apiece in the third quarter. And you kind of expect, like, all right, well, now they're going to turn it on, right? There, there's going to be some some offensive fireworks, and I'll be damned if if, neither, if the defense has just dominated the fourth quarter, and SMU ends up getting a a field goal there at the end to uh, to to win it thirty to twenty seven. But yeah, SMU four and zero. I mean that's pretty impressive. Uh, uh, I think one of the the lone four and O teams right now in college football. I think there's some three and O teams right uh, uh, due to some scheduling things. But uh, um, you got to give them credit. The Ponies, man, big big win. And I still think Memphis is a pretty good football team. Butter, and I, I wouldn't shock me if they kind of bounce back and still have a really good year. Uh, but but I think SMU might be even better than what we thought. Uh, a former Texas, uh, Shane um, yeah, uh, quarterback Shane Bouchelle has just lit the world on fire. Um, Reggie Roberson had a huge game in that one for fantasy yes, purposes, and he got hurt, uh, which is kind of scary. And so I, I don't, I don't know, you know, what the diagnosis is that on 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 him just yet. But uh, kind of an ugly, ugly scene there. So hopefully he'll be he'll be okay. But uh, the running game for SMU. Uh, kind of dried up you ulysses Bentley my guy he he, he kind of he didn't have a goose egg but he didn't have a good performance and so that hurt me from a fantasy standpoint this week but uh I think SMU there, there's enough there uh, that they might be a complete team and uh, they're they're really going to compete in the American um so it'd be be fun to watch them any, any other games stand out to you before we move on butter yeah, we mentioned Oklahoma State, big win over Kansas. Uh, Clemson uh, uh, beats uh, Virginia 41-23. Uh, Virginia might be pretty good. That Brendan Armstrong kid, I yeah, mean he's, I, like he, I think he might be pretty salty. So so keep an eye on the on the Wahoos out in the ACC. Uh, Florida, Florida over South Carolina, 38-24. They get a big game in College Station this weekend. We'll talk a little bit about. Uh, Cincinnati, uh, they stay undefeated in the American 3-0, 28-7 over an awful South Florida team. That South Florida team. They can't hold on to the ball. My God, they turn the ball over five times a game, it seems like. Um, LSU bounces back. Thumps Vandy, uh, 41-7. Tennessee, we'll talk about them. They look pretty impressive uh, against Mizzou, 35-12. And then uh, Coastal Carolina, uh, which is a team that continues to be fun to follow uh, from a watch standpoint and from a fantasy standpoint. Grayson McCall, freshman quarterback, he's legit. Uh, big game against Louisiana. We'll talk about that one here in a minute. I think the, the that one's maybe postponed or rescheduled. But Is, uh, is
0: Houston ever going to play this year?
1: Houston is going to play tonight, butter. We're recording this <laughs> Thursday morning. Uh, they're hosting Tulane. Uh, and, and so, you know, fingers crossed that they do get to play a game. Again, I, uh, Holgerson down there is a, is a fun follow, and uh, they're usually a fun offense. But, uh, um, you know, we mentioned Coastal Carolina, Louisiana, you know, Hurricane Delta uh, seems to have be heading headed straight for the state of Louisiana, kind of Louisiana, Mississippi. Uh, and so we've got some games that are being affected by that for fantasy purposes, but just maybe for betting purposes as well that we want to make our listeners aware of. So LSU and Mizzou, that game has been flip-flopped. And so instead of an LSU home game in Baton Rouge, uh, they're going to head up to Columbia, and uh, that's going to be a home game for Mizzou. The game is still going to be played on Saturday, but they flip-flopped as to the home, uh, home team. And then it seems like Coastal Carolina and Louisiana is going to be postponed to Wednesday night. Uh, and it's going to be fun, right, because that's going to be a, a primetime game uh, on ESPN now. Both those teams are 3-0, and and I think are, 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 that's going to be a fun game to watch. Again, I'm, I'm probably more of an advocate for the Sun Belt than most, but I'm really looking forward to that. But for fantasy purposes, it sucks. Because those stats probably won't count. Yeah, Yeah, they won't count for you uh, for this weekend. They'll probably bump it into to the following week. So, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, Other games that you're going to have to keep an eye on um, for for this weekend. You know, one that jumps ahead, uh, Alabama uh, in Ole Miss. So uh, um, Lane Kiffin hosting his uh, former uh, mentor, if you will, uh, uh, Nick Saban, um, with uh, Alabama coming to town. So you know, no word officially on that one just yet as to what's going down there. But another game, Florida Atlantic and Southern Miss. You got to keep an eye out for that one as well. So anything in the Louisiana Mississippi area uh, potentially could be played in a monsoon if it's played at all, and uh, perhaps not uh, not moved. So, but your your thoughts on a lot of hurricanes in the Gulf yeah. this this year, Butter? So I know you and I, you know, we've we've made our living in oil and gas in the past, and so it usually has a little pop on uh, oil and gas prices there uh, due to some production being shut in. But my goodness, the uh, the folks of Louisiana they have to be tired of this shit by now, right? Yeah.
0: You know, what I mean, I guess we have to kind of get used to. You know, I mean, it's kind of like having tornadoes in Oklahoma. You know, what's going to happen. It just kind of win.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's true, and we, we were pretty fortunate here in Oklahoma this uh, this past spring. So not not quite as uh, as ugly as what it often is in in May and June. So uh, we'll uh, we'll see see if that uh, that that pattern will hold uh, next next spring as well. If we didn't get a whole lot this year, then it, typically we get double the next year. So, but uh, uh, you know, kind of a, I guess one. I don't know if it's a funny story, Butter, but something that we touch or we have on the board here before we move on to a week uh, um, week six picks is the uh, the SMU student section in that game. We talked a little bit about SMU Memphis on Saturday. <laughs> um, the whole SMU student section essentially gets kicked out of the stadium on Saturday for violating COVID protocols. Right, not wearing masks, congregating, and not social distancing there in the stands. And we've seen a lot of college football stadiums and pro stadiums whenever they have decided to let fans in. <coughs> you know, everyone's kind of spaced out, right? So you, you're maybe in your family group or or whatever it may be. And so uh, uh, the SMU student section uh, wasn't paying attention, and so they were all asked to leave and kicked out of the stadium on Saturday. Have you, you ever seen anything like this before, Butter?
0: No, I have not. Um, it's, you know, I mean, it's it's kind of, kind of comical, you know, I mean, because uh, you think the world that we live in right now, 20-year-old uh, college kids, you just got to follow the rules, you know. I mean, you know – this is not something that um that they just put into play this past week right before the game. I mean we've been kinda doing this for the past Four or five months. I mean, these guys know the rules. I mean, they just need to follow. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, I don't. I mean, you know, they're they're not going to follow the rules is as, as immediately after the game's over with because I'm sure they're going to go to a house party or the bars or whatever it may be. But while you're in the stadium, you you might might want to try to follow the rules there so you don't get kicked out. I, I think of a few times whenever we were in the student section and down in Norman at OU, but we probably should have been kicked out. Maybe we were a couple of times. I don't recall now the uh, the details are are fuzzy uh, for over the last uh, twenty years. But uh, but yeah, never never seen the entire section escorted out and uh, removed from the stadium so that's uh, uh again just another sign of how weird and crazy uh, this 2020 uh year has been but uh well let's move ahead to week six butter so we have week six from a cfb standpoint week three uh from a cff standpoint we've got some really fun games some really big games on the board a lot of ranked versus ranked matchups a lot i mean not in the red river obviously but uh probably teams that maybe should be ranked but let's let's save ou texas Let's go to the next game on the list here, Butter, in, in ACC matchup, which is intriguing, two undefeated teams now, both teams 2-0, and but uh, number 19, Virginia Tech, heading down to Chapel Hill to take on number 8, North Carolina. North Carolina, we alluded to it, they kind of escaped uh, uh, Chestnut Hill, Boston College last weekend, and, and kind of that two-point conversion uh, end up winning that game 26-22. Uh, Vatek has looked impressive uh, without Hendon Hooker at quarterback through their first two games, but this line – looks fishy to me, butter. So Virginia Tech plus 5, the total on this one 59. I think Vegas knows something here. I might lean towards the Hokies in this one, but your your thoughts on VaTech and North Carolina.
0: Man, you know, I mean, uh Virginia Tech actually probably will actually have most of their people back because uh their first two games that uh they've they played, I mean, they're some of the one of the teams that have had a lot of people out due to the COVID, you know. One week it was 15 out, the next week it was 20, but Luckily, they're still getting to play. I, I like Virginia Tech in this game, but I I, I like Mac Brown. But I mean, I just think that uh, North Carolina. I mean, the way that they've played the last couple games, I mean, they're they're due to get beat. I mean, you can't just uh, you can't just keep getting lucky to win yeah. the ball game.
1: <laughs> no, and you think back to that last year, North Carolina, which they probably overachieved a little bit, right? Got the yeah. six and six and made the made a bowl game and won big in their bowl game, but it seemed like they were every game they were in was super close, right? You think back to that Clemson game, you know, last year to where they, they went for two and didn't get it and had had Clemson on the ropes, but we kind of thought going into it that that team would progress, right? Sam Howell comes back. You have all those skill position guys come back at wide receiver and running back. Um, um, you, you have a return, you know, a lot of stars returning on defense. You think, well, they're going to play up now and they're going to get out of that, you know, habit of playing to the level of their competition but we haven't really seen that. You know, you think back a couple weeks ago against Syracuse, that was a close game at halftime, and they pulled away in the second half due in large part to some Syracuse mistakes. But, yeah, I mean, this one this one is, looks a little fishy to me. And so I, I would probably lean towards the Hokies here. Again, even if North Carolina wins, it might be a three-point game. But yeah, uh, I, think, I think this is probably ripe for a teaser here as well. So maybe you get an extra six points on this one and, uh, and take the Hokies. But uh, let's go to the SEC, Butter. Uh, another big game, an early game here on ESPN – Number four, Florida, travels to College Station to take on the Aggies, they are still ranked. They're ranked 21 right now after that big loss to Alabama. Um, but this line looks a little fishy to me, Butter. So Florida right now a six-and-a-half point favorite. The total in this one, 57, 57-and-a-half. 57 I might lean towards the Aggies. I think you may be getting some value here, uh, Florida has looked so good out of the gates, and A&M got crushed this past weekend against Bama. But I don't think a and that bad. I think your pick – of a and m in the preseason pod isn't that far off i think they're still going to be okay uh but uh, your your thoughts on gators and uh, aggies this weekend
0: I mean, i like texas a and uh, i like the 12th man you know i mean down there down there i mean like I said the 11 and
1: I, a half i think this year though right then going to be a full 12 in there
0: but i mean i i think that um what jimbo fisher does i mean he's got he's got bond down there as a quarterback um i think he can make some good plays some good solid plays um the Alabama game, I mean, they were just kind of outmatched. I mean, they, like I said, they had a lot of had a lot of yards in that game. They just couldn't turn it into points. But um I mean, they're coming against they're playing against a Florida team who's looked really, really, really solid through the first couple weeks. And I mean, I just think that um, I think this is the week that. Um, that Florida goes down.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm kind of with you. I lean towards the Aggies on this one, and, and simply because you you look at how impressive Florida's been. Well, the Florida offense has been really impressive, in particular the passing offense, right? Kyle Trask, Kyle Pitts, uh, Ladarius Tony. I mean, they've, they've, they've been able to throw the ball all over, all over the field, but, you know, there's an old adage that, that two things travel, and those two things are defense and your running game. Those would be the two weak links of the Florida Gators right now. The Florida defense is giving up a ton of yards, uh, and they've given up a lot of points as well. We're at 30-something to whatever it was to Ole Miss. Uh, two weeks ago, and then gave up 24 points uh, to a South Carolina team that probably isn't that good, to be honest with you. And so I think that Florida defense is suspect, and they may prove us wrong Saturday down in College Station. We'll see, but I'm with you. I lean towards the Aggies. Wouldn't shock me if the Aggies win this game straight up, but I would definitely take the six and a half points on Saturday. Staying in the SEC butter, again, just you want to talk about big boy football. Uh, I'm talking Smash Mouth and Three Yards in a Cloud of Dust and points are going to come at a premium in this one. But number 14 Tennessee traveling down to Athens to take on number three Georgia again. Georgia looked so impressive last week against Auburn that defense just smothered them after they get out to such a big start. Uh, Tennessee has looked pretty good in their first two games as well. That Tennessee offensive line and running game I think is legit. But your your thoughts on Vols and Bulldogs uh, this weekend in a big SEC matchup uh, Saturday afternoon?
0: See, I think this. This line looks weirder than the previous one. Yeah, Tennessee 12, 12-and-a-half
1: 12 point uh, underdog on this one, and the total is 42-and-a-half. So, yeah, definitely a, a low-scoring affair is what the Vegas, Vegas experts think. But,
0: yeah. I would uh, – I mean, I don't think Tennessee's going to win, but I would take Tennessee in the 12 points. <laughs> I
1: agree. I, I, I lean towards the Vols here, and I lean towards the under. I think this game's got, you know, 20 to 13 written all over it. I think this is a low-scoring affair. You know, I it's hard to – It's hard to trust uh, Jarrett Guarantana on the road uh, given some of the things that we've seen uh, in the past. But again, defense and running game travels, right? And so I think that Tennessee offensive line uh, is legit and I, I like the running game behind uh, Eric Gray. Um, they have another running back too. I, his name escapes me at the moment but he's played, uh, Ty Chandler I think, uh, he's played really well through the first two games as well. So Tennessee's kind of got a one-two punch at, at, at the running game. Again that Georgia defense is really really good. Again Stetson Bennett IV, the fourth, the rugged handsome Stetson Bennett the fourth. Again uh, needs his own cologne. I like that name. <laughs> um, he's going to be He's going to be starting again but uh, I, I'm with you. I like Tennessee to keep this one close. Um, and again, I think uh, Georgia—it's kind of maybe a letdown game a little bit as well, right? Huge win over Auburn last week. You looked so good, top-10 matchup, and so uh, keeping those emotions at such a high level is, is obviously a challenge um, in, a, in a regular year, uh, not let alone a 2020 year. So I'm with you. I like the Vols to keep it close. Staying in the SEC, butter again, not sure how this game might be affected. So we'll have to keep an eye on it. But uh, the Crimson Tide. Uh, headed down to take on Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin, uh, Crimson Tide big favorite here twenty three and a half, twenty four depending upon uh, which book you look at. The uh, total here over under seventy. I think you got to keep an eye on the weather for this yes. one, gang. So and kind of see what that hurricane path is going to do, do and what the rain and wind is going to look like. But uh, your thoughts on Crimson Tide and uh, Ole Miss Saturday?
0: There's a stat that uh, that they showed. I guess it was on Saturday. Former assistant coaches that coached under Lane that coached under Nick Saban. I think they're like zero and twenty or yeah, zero and twenty-one never, against. Them. Never won, yeah, yeah. Over, yeah. So I mean, this is uh, Lane Kiffin is one of um, Saban's, you know, uh, former offensive coordinators. So you know, I mean, that that's got an interesting uh, deal for that, you know. I mean, but you know, I mean, I like uh, I like Ole Miss in this game. I don't think that they'll win. I think Ole Miss they'll have uh, they're going to put up some points. Alabama's definitely going to put up points. I mean, I expect like a fifty to thirty-five ball game. Uh, I like the I like the over, but I I like uh, the twenty three and a half points that Alabama is favored by. Yeah. I mean, I I, I, don't, I think I think Ole Miss keeps it closer than that.
1: Yeah, and that's a ton of points, right? And, and Ole Miss has shown to be pretty good. We didn't talk about them in the week week five recap, but, man, they went up on the road to Lexington and beat Kentucky in overtime, right? So that, that was a big win. Too, they because, did, they yeah. did. Like I said, their their offense yeah. under uh, Lane Kiffin and uh, quarterback Matt Corral, they've looked really, really good. But, again, I, I, I really I really think our listeners have to keep an eye on the weather here, right, and kind of see how that may impact this game. But I'm with you. That's a ton of points. I don't think Ole Miss is that bad. I think the, the backdoor cover – is in play here because, you know, Lane, he's not going to stop, right? And so uh, if he can he can cover the spread here, he seems to be one of those uh, college football coaches that know what the spread is. And so yeah. I, I think he'll score late if he can, he can help it and, uh, and try to keep it close. But I'm with you. I think Alabama wins this game, but I think it's closer than the 24 points. And I might lean towards the under here just because of the weather impact and uh, not knowing what that's going to look like come Saturday. But, uh, yeah, I, I like the Rebs in this one as well. But let's jump over to the ACC butter. Two big games in the ACC uh, Saturday night. Um, One of them, you know, maybe for nostalgia purposes, if if nothing else, but uh, Florida State travels up to South Bend to take on number five-ranked Notre Dame. And again, Florida State – uh, they've been a dumpster fire to start the season, and I'll be damned. I mean, they had to kind of pull a rabbit out of the hat, hat Saturday against Jacksonville State, FCS Jacksonville State. Um, they were down early in that one, I think, 24-7 to in the second quarter and were able to come back and, uh, and win. Um, the Travis kid, they brought him in at quarterback over a rotomaker, uh, ended up benching him because he was ineffective, and he. they have said he's going to start this weekend in South Bend as well. But, you know, any 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 reason to think Florida State might cover the 21-point spread in this one, Butter?
0: I like Notre Dame in this one all the way. I mean, Florida State has not uh, proved to be <laughs> really much of anything this year. Um, they've got really, really bad quarterback problems. I think – are they on their third quarterback now?
1: Yeah, I think so. And, and Chuba Purdy, they they said he's back practicing, and he suited up on Saturday, and he's getting closer and closer. Again, it wouldn't – this would be a tough game to throw a true freshman in there. Uh, so, it wouldn't shock me if uh, if uh, Chuba Purdy is the uh, starter next week for Florida State.
0: Their quarterback play has just been awful. Ho- hopefully he gets his uh, he gets his chance, you know. I mean, Blackman, I mean, started out started out the year. I mean, he's looked terrible. Their other two guys have looked very, very, very hideous. You know, I mean, you think the old Florida State, you know, I mean, they're, they're used to uh, having a run game. That has not been anywhere near it. it it's been in the, the past few years, you know. I mean, which that could be, you know, I mean, Mike Norvell, I mean, he's – been uh away for a couple weeks i mean that could have something yeah, he to tested do with positive it. for covid so uh you know i mean he's in his first year you know i mean it's definitely a rebuilding year i mean but I mean, eventually, you know, he'll get his players in there, and I mean, they could probably turn it around. It's just not going to be this year.
1: Yeah, again, I think it's just more of a testament to how big the rebuilding project really uh, needs to be down in Florida State. I I still, it's not like Mike Norvell forgot how to coach whenever he left Memphis to go down to Florida State, right? It's just gonna, it's gonna take some time, and so he'll he'll start getting some players in there. But yeah, it's uh, speaking of that's the future, right? But the present is Notre Dame, and and I think Notre Dame thumps them. Uh, I like, I like uh, the Irish big in this one because I think the Irish defense is pretty good uh, and they'll put a stranglehold on that Florida State offense and the and Florida State defense we thought that that would be a strength right you think about Marvin Wilson and that secondary uh, coming coming back that uh, that they would be really really good and they, they flashed um, you see that the NFL talent is there but uh, haven't been consistent enough and so I, I like the Irish in this one as well but uh, staying in the SEC the other big game that night again another, another top 10 matchup here Butter um, the Miami Hurricanes uh, they're all the way up to number seven uh this week uh heading up to uh to clemson to take on the number one ranked uh clemson tigers both teams three and oh two and oh in the acc miami getting a little bit of respect here 14 and a half is the line the total here 63 and a half. is are the canes for real can can they can they keep this one close do they have a chance to pull off the upset saturday night in death valley butter
0: i like miami in this game uh i like it's gonna be it's gonna be a great game of two really really established quarterbacks. Both teams have good skilled players, so I mean I think it's gonna be a a high scoring shootout. You know I mean um, I like Miami in the fourteen and a half points. Um, I think it's gonna be a one possession game. So. Nice. I hope it is
1: right. I, I hope that Miami. Uh, we've we've seen their transformation this year under Derek King, and uh, you know he he ran it a lot in Week One against UAB, and people started saying like, well, I mean, can he throw it? Can he throw it? And man, he went out and lit up uh, Louisville uh, the the following week and was able to throw it all over the field. And so um, I, I'm with you. I think he has been transformational uh, from an offensive standpoint for that Miami Hurricane team. And the defense was always going to be pretty good, right? So they they got a lot of talent on defense, and they've come back and uh, and looked really salty. I, I'm I'm going to agree with you on Kane on my on the Canes covering the spread butter but I'm going to disagree as to the over I I think that the defenses will kind of show out here uh, and I like the under in this game so I I think that this could be a 27 to 17 type of game to where again I'm not going to be so bold to pick the Canes to win outright Uh, but if you're going to give me the 14 and a half and get that hook uh, I'll take Miami and take the points on this one so but I'm looking forward to that game Saturday night. I think that's going to be a lot of fun a big matchup a premier matchup in the ACC all right, butter. We've danced around it, right? We talked a little bit about uh, the the two teams' uh, struggles last weekend and those uh, upset losses, but let's get down to it. The Red River rivalry Saturday morning in the Cotton Bogan. going to be weird. There's no fair going on, so probably not that many fans in the stands. I don't I don't know what they they've decided on that front, but OU is favored in this game, butter two two and a half. I've seen it. You know, any, range anywhere between a pick'em and a three point uh, OU favorite. Uh, I don't get it. Uh, the total in this one is 72, 72 and a half, so they're expecting a lot of points here. But um, your keys to the game Saturday morning in the Cotton Bowl and who are you picking in this one?
0: Well, for one, I mean, we're going to have to have good quarterback play. We're going to have to be able to run the football. We're going to have to not have as many penalties. We're going to have to be able to catch the ball, execute uh, on offense, execute on defense. We're going to have to be able to to tackle and, and quit arm tackling. I mean, because – Texas has got big running backs. They've got a quarterback that can get outside the pocket that can run Their Erlinger is not afraid to take a hit. So, I mean, it, I mean, we're going to have our work cut out for us. Um, our defensive backs, you know, I mean, it's probably going to be the same. You know, I mean, the same kind of um, matchup that we had last week. I mean, Texas has got some big bulky wide receivers that are taller than our defensive backs, but we're going to have to quit swatting at the ball if the ball does come. To us, I mean, we're going to have to figure out some way to create turnovers. I'm going to go out on a limb here, but I like OU. I mean, in a close <laughs> one. but <laughs>
1: sooners, sooners to win a close one, huh? I, I'm, I'm with you, Butter. And, and if for no other reason than the line looks so fishy to me, and in Vegas is usually pretty good at this, right? So I've seen absolutely nothing that would lead me to believe that OU should be favored in this game. Uh, now, Texas' defense has been uh, – uh, Unimpressive, uh, to say the least, right? They escaped uh, Lubbock a couple weeks ago, won that game in overtime. They should probably be one and two uh, coming into this game as well. um Obviously, they TCU
0: one percent like chance to win that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that. down fifteen with three minutes left, right? And that onside kick was the uh, was the backbreaker. They 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 kind of picked up momentum after that. But you know, both these teams have been um, uh, disappointing, I, I think, to say the least. And I think you have to start with the defense. And so. One of the things you mentioned there, uh, you know, talking about the fundamentals from OU's perspective, is being able to run the ball, and they just have not been able to do so. And I think on this this type of game, uh, bringing in a freshman quarterback, you know, the the best thing that you can do for them is be able to turn around, hand the ball off, and uh, and be able to run the ball. And so you know, one thing uh, to consider as well is that I, I don't know if it's official official yet, but they alluded to it on the broadcast Saturday night that Ronnie Perkins uh, might be back for this game, uh, defensive lineman for OU, probably, probably one of their better pass rushers, um, and, and one of those guys that had missed the first few games uh, due to a, a suspension before the um, uh, Peach Bowl against uh, LSU last year in the playoff game. Um, I think I think it was weed related. I think there's been enough of that that's come out now. That that's what it was. But you know he could be a difference maker, uh, and he was down on the sidelines for the game uh, in Saturday and in, in Ames. And he he's a really good player. It could be one of those guys that helps to get pressure uh, on on Ellinger. But you know this game always seems to come down to some goofy turnovers and uh, mistakes. In uh, both of these uh, these teams have proven that they've been mistake prone uh, through the first uh, two or three weeks, um, and so I don't I don't know how you split the difference here. Uh, I, I really don't, and so the line looks fishy to me. I think Vegas thinks that OU is going to find a way to win this game, and maybe it's a desperation thing that uh, you know they just can't fathom Lincoln Riley and OU losing three conference games in a row. So I'm with you. Give me the Sooners in this one. Uh, I like it 35-31. I think it's going to be just under. Uh, the uh, the total here, because I think the defenses will make some adjustments and, and try to take away some of the strengths of, of both offenses. Uh, but, um, you know, I think it's going to be one of those deals to where, you know, Ellinger, they have the ball last, and they, they may have an opportunity to drive down the field and score a touchdown to win the game. And so can OU hold it off. But uh, give me the Sooners in this one, 35-31, for nothing else other than the line looks weird to me. <laughs> and, again, I, I, maybe it's a hope and a prayer.
0: <laughs> the, the way that these teams have, have, like, looked this year, I mean – I would not be surprised if it came down to special teams. I mean, like an onside kick, a yeah. block punt, yeah. uh, a field goal. We think I mean, of
1: big kick returns or punt returns a few years. You know, Jordan Shipley yes. era and those guys, that were always back breakers. It seems like we were on the wrong end of the special teams plays the last few years, but. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. Uh, special teams, defense, turnovers, right? It, it, again, it sounds cliche, but uh, this game has been so tight and so close. I think it's been a one possession game for like the last five or six years, if I'm not mistaken. And so, uh, I, I think uh, I wouldn't 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 expect it to be anything less. And so, looking forward to it Saturday, despite the fact that uh, not a whole lot to root for outside of the uh, the bragging rights in this one right now, given uh, both teams start to the season. So, but maybe maybe this will be the game that whoever wins gets it on track and uh, and gets things turned around. But well, looking ahead, but we get here. We're getting up to uh, the fifty-minute mark, and so we gotta gotta make some fantasy picks. Uh, again, you kicked my ass again uh, last <laughs> week, man. So, so you're two and zero against me here. Now, I will say that I had some unfortunate injuries early in the game. Right, Army quarterback Christian Anderson, I think, gets hurt on the opening series uh, in that game against Abilene Christian. That uh, Army went on to roll and, and won big, although their defense didn't play as well as what you and I had hoped. Um, I, I don't I don't know if he's back yet or not. Yeah, I don't know if he's been cleared. I think it was a leg injury if I'm not mistaken and then uh, Kentucky running back uh, Kavosi Smoke uh, he he gets hurt uh, early in the, uh, uh, the game I think he ended up being worth two points and so I had a had a couple of offers there but uh, Butter ends up beating me by about 40 points but uh, I think had both those guys played I, I would have felt confident in my ability to even the series but it is what it is injuries are part of the uh, the game injuries are part of the CFF game uh, and so, Butter, you get the honors. You're you're undefeated right now through two weeks, two and O. So I will defer to you. So give me two quarterbacks this weekend, Butter, uh, that you think are going to have big fantasy uh, breakouts uh, in Week Three for CFF purposes.
0: I like Kyle Trask of Florida, and I like Sam uh, Ellinger of Texas.
1: Wow. Okay, so you're going to go with the UT quarterback in the Cotton Bowl, right? I, I can't argue I with am. you. He's going to put up a lot of points. He, if 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 Texas is going to move the ball or do anything on offense, it's going to come through him, right? Yes. Okay. No, not uh, good picks. I I think both those guys have put up a lot of points. Kyle Trask, I mean, my goodness, it's hard to argue with what he's done through the first two weeks. And, I, I think know,
0: him and Rattler are tied for touchdowns, I think, for
1: the year. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think Rattler's played one more game. You know, yeah. I think Trask had that big game in the, the opening week against Ole Miss and threw six touchdowns. But, uh, yeah, they're they're lighting it up right now. But, again, we'll see what happens. The Gators, you know, that's kind of a sneaky line. So, uh, if they, if they uh, are able to pull it out down College Station. But uh, my two quarterbacks, uh, give me – A guy that I think most CFF hardcores are are probably aware of him, but maybe off the mainstream a little bit. But give me BYU quarterback Zach Wilson. BYU have just been mauling people uh, through the first two weeks, Butter. And, again, I don't know if they're going to have enough of a strength of schedule to insert themselves into the playoff argument this year. But they've looked about as impressive as a team could possibly look, given the teams that they've been matched up against. And so they host uh, uh, UTSA, Texas San Antonio, this week, who's been a fun team to watch from an offensive uh, standpoint. They're 3-1 and one and uh, had some quarterback injuries, and so I think there's still a question as to uh, uh, who's going to be taking the snaps for them at quarterback. But you can't argue with the uh, running back, Sincere McCormick. But I-, I like Zach Wilson at BYU. I, I-, I think – you know they're a big favorite in this one, 34, 35 points, and and I think that they're going to go out and try to run it up against every team that they have a chance to, just to make, uh, you know, try to try to insert themselves into that argument for uh, uh, playoff purposes down the stretch if they can stay undefeated and stay hot. So I like Zach Wilson. Uh, my other quarterback is Malik Willis uh, from Liberty. Right, set out last week had a, a injury to his non-throwing elbow, uh, but um, uh, head coach uh, Hugh Freeze has come out and said that he's going to be good to go. This weekend they host Louisiana Monroe oh and four Louisiana Monroe uh, that uh, doesn't play a whole lot of defense that that Monroe offense is is kind of fun to watch you get Colby suits at quarterback and he's an intriguing fantasy prospect there but um, I like Willis to bounce back and uh, and have a big performance this weekend since he's been cleared and uh, uh, Auburn transfer has looked really good uh, in the um, the two games he played for Liberty. Uh, but they didn't need him last week against FCF competition. But uh, I think he'll put show out and have a big week against Monroe. But um, let's go running backs here, Butter. Who are your two running backs uh, for CFF purposes in week three?
0: I like uh, Javion Hawkins of Louisville, and I like Brees Hall of Iowa State. Uh, Brees Hall, he looked he looked really good against OU yeah. last week. So. Yeah, he's was one
1: of, one of my picks last week, unfortunately. <laughs> I was right.
0: But, yeah, I mean, he just um, – I mean, he he runs the ball with force. I mean, I, he's a fun player to watch. You know, I mean, I I wish uh, I wish OU had somebody like. Him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be nice. Yeah, that, that
1: Texas Tech defense hasn't put up a lot of resistance, so probably a good pick there. I like your Javion Hawkins pick as well. So, right, they're taking on Georgia Tech, uh, and I believe that's the Friday night game. Uh, Louisville headed down to uh, to Atlanta to take on Georgia Tech, and uh, again, I, I expect there would be a lot of points in that one. I think the over under sixty four. So uh, Malik Cunningham, Javion Hawkins, Tutu Atwell—they're probably all pretty good picks from a fantasy standpoint. So I like that.
0: C- kind of a disappointing year for. Louisville to start out, you know. Right? Yeah, I think
1: the expectations were that they could be kind of one of those sneaky teams, right? And so, you know, they they played well in week one, and then uh, you know ended up getting getting beat by Miami and kind of derailed them a little bit and uh, uh, lost a pit uh, the following week. So, so yeah, I, I think uh, this might be a week that they get it back on track. Though, again, I think Georgia Tech they're headed in the right direction, but they're not quite there yet. A lot of, a lot of freshmen, a lot of youth on that team. But uh, I think Louisville put up a lot of points. You know, speaking of that game, I'm gonna stay with you. Uh, I'm going to take Jameer Gibbs, uh, running back for Georgia Tech. You know, speaking of freshmen, he's been uh, pretty impressive. Despite Georgia Tech's uh, uh, loss, the last two losses, right? They get out to that big start and upset Florida State in Week One, uh, and then have lost both games since. But he's been consistent. They've been able to run the ball with him, and he's put up a lot of good stats. He catches the ball out of the backfield quite a bit, so I like him. And then the Thursday night game tonight, Butter, I got to get a little skin in the game here for Thursday night. Give me Tulane running back Cameron Carroll. And so it came out last week that uh, he had been splitting carries with a freshman Ty J Spears, who was a guy I picked up in our fantasy league. Uh, Unfortunately, Spears uh, tears an ACL in practice, and he's out for the year. So Cameron Carroll should be the guy moving forward. Um, And they're starting a a freshman quarterback. He started this past week. uh, Pratt, I think is his name. And so it wouldn't shock me if the uh, the freshman uh, turns around and hands off to Cameron Carroll uh, quite a bit tonight. And, again, we don't know what to expect from Houston, right? They haven't played a game yet due to COVID issues. And so I think that, you know, one thing – we expect is that they're going to be really good on offense and under Dana Holgerson but the defense is usually a little suspect and so uh, I like there to be a lot of points in this one tonight so give me Cameron Carroll at running back but let's go uh, let's jump down to wide receiver butter who are your two picks at wide receiver this week
0: I like Jonathan Adams of Arkie State and Jalen Waddle of Alabama uh, you know I mean Alabama they, they've got a number of good receiving targets you know so I mean Mac Jones, he's going to throw the ball and sling the ball like all over the field. I, like I said, I expect the Alabama and the Ole Miss game to be kind of like a shootout. You know, 50-35 to 35 is what I uh, pre- predicted it to be. So, I mean, but give me Waddle. I think he'll put up some really good numbers and give me Adams.
1: Yeah, and Adams has got a favorable matchup this week against uh, Central FCS Arkansas. Central Arkansas. Yeah, so you'd expect the, uh, the Arkansas State offense to be a good pick this week and he is uh, definitely the uh, the premier option at wide receiver uh, for uh, uh, Logan Bonner and Lane Hatcher there at quarterback at Archie State. So I like those picks. Uh, give me, you know, I'm, I'm going to double up here, Butter, on the BYU connection. Give me Gunnar Romney, uh, wide He's receiver really for BYU. Good. Man, I, I watched some of the the highlights of that game and uh, <laughs> their last game. That dude is legit man you want to talk about a big strong I think he's 63 220 super fast, super athletic uh, he goes up and gets the ball and I, that he's going to be a guy that plays on Sundays I think I mean he, he has got the total package uh, from a wide receiver standpoint. so I, I really like that kid. Uh, I think he's looked looked really really good. Um, and then the uh, uh, the other wide receiver for me, give me North Texas is a uh, Jalen Darden. Um, he's had a ton of targets, a ton of receptions over the uh, the first uh, couple games uh, for North Texas, um, and they finally settled on Austin On, or I think it's On or Oon, I don't know, how you, A-U-N-E, um, as the, the quarterback there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, uh, the guy named Austin, right? And so they're going to be hosting Charlotte, who, uh, who started off the season and 2 and they had a couple games, I think, uh, postponed due to COVID issues as well. But he he seems to be the number one target in that UNT offense, uh, and our guy Seth Seth Luttrell, right former um, former OU uh, fullback back in the day, late '90s and uh, and um, uh, for OU. But uh, he uh, he likes to sling it all around the field, and I like that North Texas offense Saturday night uh, hosting Charlotte. So give me Darden to get a bunch of targets there. But um, who do you like at tight end this week? But a familiar face here.
0: I like Kyle Pitts, man. Like I said. <laughs> I, I think but ain't
1: broke, don't fix it, right?
0: I think uh, Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna keep doing what they've done all year long. I mean, they're gonna keep um, hooking up, and you know, I mean, I, Kyle Pitts seems to be his number one target. Whether it's uh, in the middle of the field, whether it's down by the goal line, I mean, he finds him a way to get the ball. So, like I said, he's been uh, both of these guys. I mean, I've picked them the last couple weeks, and I mean. They have both have favorable matchups. so, I mean, I think I need to pick them again.
1: <laughs> again, he's 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 justified the pick every week thus far, so can't argue with that. Well, but I was originally going to take Coastal Carolina's tight end Isaiah Likely, and we alluded to it earlier uh, that that game's being postponed to Wednesday night uh, with Louisiana due to Hurricane Delta, and so I can't count him towards fantasy this week. But I'm gonna I'm gonna pull a switcheroo on you here. Give me Brevin Jordan uh, from Miami, tight end there. And again, I know it's a tough matchup uh, heading up to Death Valley to take on clemson that clemson defense is stout but you know jordan is an nfl guy and i think that this might be kind of a showcase for him to kind of show out to say like look, look i can compete against the best competition and i am legit so it wouldn't shock me if he gets a couple of red zone targets uh, for uh, from Derek king for miami and so again not not the best matchup but i think your your big time players show up in those big time games so I, I like jordan in this one give him um uh, give me him uh, as my tight end for for this week, but a uh, uh, flex position butter. So running back, wide receiver, tight end. Who do you th- who are you going to put in that flex position this weekend?
0: I like uh, Travis Etienne from Clemson. Uh, like I said, I think that's going to be a. I think it's going to be a high scoring game as well. Um, like I said, he he runs the ball well. I mean, he's a big back. Uh, a lot of. I mean, just a bruiser. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, he's one of those guys. Like when the game's on the line, you know, I mean. And they have to run the ball. I mean, he's going to get his bulk of the carries. So, I mean, I I really do like him. Uh, Clemson, I mean, they've really looked like the real deal this year. So,
1: yeah, no, and he's going to be the heart uh, of that offense, whether he's catching it out of the backfield, whether they're handing handing it off to him. And so uh, he's going to get a bunch of touches, that's for sure. So, I'm I'm looking forward to that game Saturday night. But uh, my flex, give me Marshall running back Brendan Knox. Uh, they, they go to Western Kentucky Saturday night, and Marshall's looked really good. Again, they've had some COVID issues here or, or, or had some games postponed due to it. Uh, Grant Wells, the freshman quarterback, but uh, but Knox is the heart of that Marshall offense. And when they've been able to play, he's looked really good. And so, you know, I, I have to you know admit that I was wrong on Western Kentucky. I thought that they were going to be a, a pretty solid team this year. Uh, they, they started off uh, ugly um, with two opening losses, although they got off the schneid and uh, won, won the last game, and so they're 1-0 in conference play there in Conference USA. but. I like Knox to get a bunch of touches, and I think that he'll put up some good numbers uh, for Marshall's offense Saturday night. So, well, Butter, uh, your pick on kickers. So um, again, kind of a familiar, familiar name there, right?
0: Dicker, the kicker man. Like I said, I, I think that the, the OU Texas game, I think it's going to come down to a one possession game. It could be special teams. So, yeah. well, hopefully
1: that OU defense gets a lot of red zone stops, and they force. A lot of field goal attempts uh, by Texas, and so maybe maybe he'll get a lot of points. But it'll be good for the uh, Sooners uh, in the, uh, the the score box when it's all said and done. I, but I think
0: he. Dicker won the game for Texas whenever Kyler Murray was playing. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's what, yeah. I think that's where he became uh, nationally known, right? Yeah. So uh, Gus Johnson's a uh, big call for that one as they uh, kicked the field goal to win it there uh, a couple years ago. But uh, get, give me, uh, just because I like this this guy's name, and again, we had to keep an eye on this one due to hurricane issues, but uh, uh, give me Southern Miss's Briggs bourgeois, uh, the uh, the kicker <laughs> there for Southern Miss. They're hosting Florida Atlantic uh, Saturday afternoon. Again, we'll keep an eye on that one for weather purposes uh, because they're kind of they seem to be in the path of of the hurricane right now. Uh, but the man, he scored a lot of points. Right, I was looking it up from a fantasy standpoint. Uh, Southern Miss, you know, they're they're they got out of the gates really, really ugly, um, you know, fired their uh, their head coach, and uh, they've kind of scored some points since then, right? So they're, they're still 1-3, and 1-1 one and one in Conference USA, and they're not going to be a great team. But I think offensively they've got some talent there. Uh, and so I, I like him as my kicker this week. A lot of extra points and maybe a couple field goals as well, assuming that weather uh, isn't isn't a big issue. But, uh, Did you uh,
0: Google that up, like how to uh, pronounce that?
1: <laughs> no, I'm hoping that I just pronounce it right. So it sounds <laughs> sounds very fancy, very, uh, I very pinky that. out. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's how you. Pronounce it. He's probably probably got some Cajun in him, right? So down there in Southern Miss area. So uh, I, I think that's how you pronounce it. But uh, Briggs, Briggs is my guy kicker this week. Uh, well, Butter, we we agree on defense. And again, you know, kind of uh, uh, we we don't share our picks before this, so we were on the same page here. But uh, you and I both like Notre Dame uh, hosting Florida State Saturday night. Again, Florida State's offense has just looked awful. But uh, your your thoughts on on Notre Dame's defense Saturday uh, hosting Florida State?
0: You know, I mean, Florida State is just like you said, a very, very big dumpster fire, and I, I don't expect it to get better anytime soon. You know, I mean, Notre Dame, I mean, pretty much the first year in the ACC due to COVID. You know, so I mean, they're playing the ACC schedule. You know, I mean, it's a little bit different, but you know, I mean, I, I think that uh, they're competitive. They're gonna, they're gonna play week in and week out. You know, I mean, Brian Kelly is, I mean, he's a damn good football coach. Like I said, I just I do not think that with all the problems that Florida State has, uh, I don't think that they're going to score a lot of points. <laughs> no, I'm
1: with you. I think this has got a thirty-eight to ten or so written all over it, and with Notre Dame probably getting a bunch of sacks and a couple of interceptions uh, with that uh, young young uh, crew at quarterback there, regardless of who they go with, uh, whether it be uh, Travis or uh, Rotomaker or, um, or James Blackman seems to kind of fall into uh, the, the bottom of the list now. But, again, I think keep an eye on Florida State here in a week or two. If Purdy can get healthy, I think they bring him in. He's a little bit of a difference maker there. Uh, got that pedigree uh, for sure. But, um, well, Butter? You know, I think that just about does it for this episode, bud. So we're, we're a little over an hour here so we can wrap it up. But uh, all that's left, as always, we're going to watch the game Saturday and see what happens. But for our listeners out there, butter, they can follow you on Twitter at Jeremy underscore Van Curen or a.k.a. The Fantasy Fessional. The Fantasy Fessional. Fessional without the pro, ladies and gentlemen. Well, brother, I appreciate you being with me in studio here on a Thursday morning. It kind of a weird schedule this week, so I, I'm, I'm tickled that uh, that we were able to make it work. But, uh, um, you know, while this will wrap it up for this episode, everyone, the conversation doesn't end here. So to keep it going and to also keep up with everything we're doing online over at the Sports Pros Network, check us out at fantasysportspros.com or on Twitter at sports underscore pros. And remember, that's pros with an E, P-R-O-S-E. Enjoy the games this weekend, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. Take care.